uh, after my first message, people were telling me, Pastor Ken, I can't hear any word what you're saying. I said, what? I prepared a whole week to, you know, share this message. Because, you know, like, the, the audio system was really horrible. And uh, so many memories, good memories and bad memories. Uh, and the most um, memorable, out of all this event that we had, uh, I guess most highlight of my life and the memorable thing was that every Sunday was a highlight and uh, most memorable, you know, uh, event for me because we offer more than 750 services just for Sunday only, not, not, not including, you know, early morning prayer day. And um, I think I did more than 700 sermons. Uh, that was a highlight of my life. And I'm so grateful that God's going to uh, take us, you know, from this place to another location. And he's going to continue to receive our worship. So I'm glad that you are here today. You know, as a pastor, uh, uh, I think uh, offering service together as a body of Christ, I think that's something that I really treasure the most. So I'm glad that you are here today. <laughs> that's what I want to say. So uh, let's go together, okay, next week, new location. Uh, because I heard some of the elderly people in KM say, since we are moving to new location, I don't think we can make it, you know. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, so you guys are young, so I, I know you will go, right, together, right? Amen, amen. <laughs> let's all stand and let's welcome one another. Let's greet one another in Christ Jesus. I love this body of Christ, and we have a special guest today. She's from older from Texas. Tyler is the city, right? I know one church in Tyler, uh, and uh, she's a good friend of Shine. So she's not, I'm going uh, to invite Shine to come, and she's going to introduce our speaker today. Let's welcome Shine, yes. <laughs> oh, man, what an honor, you know, the last Sunday here. Um, Yes, so uh, I'm Sine, and I am in the fashion industry, as some of you may know. And um, along the way, at one of the markets, I got to work with Emily. And we were um, making little goodie bags together and just, like, chatting up. But, like, what do you do? I was like, what do you do outside of, you know, working at market? And she was like, oh, I actually run a boutique called Keeps Boutique. And then I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And she kept sharing, and it just became... Uh, a really amazing story about her um, testimony and and, um, and what she does in Tyler, Texas for uh, young uh, teenage foster care, uh, people in foster care. So I've been extremely blessed by um, God putting us together. And so I hope that today you have an open mind and open heart to receive what she has to share. So Emily, it's an honor. Please join us up here. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me, Pastor Ken, today, and all of you. I'm so happy to be here. It is very different from Texas. <laughs> I had to get a rental car and driving around LA. I'm learning all kinds of things, but it's been super fun, and I'm just blessed and excited. So thank you, guys. Um, let me just get set up here. Okay. So I think this works. So like she said, my name is Emily, and um, I am so grateful for this opportunity to share with you guys today. Um, I'm just going to share a little bit about the ministry that God has me in and um, kind of how that works. And before we get to exactly that, um, it's up here. This is Keeps. That's our store in Texas. Our name Keeps comes from Genesis 28:15. says, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Um, but before we get into all of Keep's details, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the intrinsic value um, that we have as humans and people. And so I'm not good with big words. Not that intrinsic is a very big word, but it's not a word we use like every day, right? So I looked it up. Intrinsic means belonging to the essential nature of a thing or belonging naturally. So this intrinsic value that we as humans, all of us in here are, are humans, right? Um, and what does that mean, and where does it come from? And so if we look, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis um, chapter 1, verse 25. And we will start there, and we'll go through verse 27. Okay, Genesis 1, 25. God made the world, nope. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. So Genesis, it can, it's kind of like, we all know Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Even Christians and non-Christians, we kind of know, oh yeah, in Genesis, God talks about like creating and Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve and all that stuff, right? So it's kind of like pretty basic. Maybe it's elementary. Um, but whenever I read this verse just a few years ago, I had this major revelation and it kind of changed the way that I saw life and the way that I interact with people and the way that I do ministry. And so I wanted to share that with you guys today um, and just the weight and the freedom even of what has come in these three little verses here in Genesis. And so, you know, I work with teenagers and sometimes I teach and I ask them, why are we valuable? Why are we as people valuable? And it's like, and then they say, well, because I'm unique. I'm like, okay, yes, you are unique. And then usually they'll say, there's no one else like me. I'm like, yeah, that's true. You're one of a kind. What? So, okay, what else? And so as we're talking, what makes us valuable? And my question to you guys also is what makes us and me as a person and you as a person valuable? 
So if we are unique, which is partly true because we are unique and we are one of a kind, but what makes us unique? We could say, I have good style, so I'm more unique, or I had this certain occupation, and so I'm unique in that, or I drive this car that I've oh, been working my whole life and I drive it, right? And so if we start deriving value from these things, then it, our value can change because those things change. And so then all of a sudden, that's a vulnerable place for us, right? Because we don't want our value to change. And so when I'm teaching these girls, I tell them, I have good news for you. That in Genesis, like we just read, verses 25 through 27, it says that God created man and woman in his image. So the moment that God bent down and however that process happened of him forming out of the dirt, Adam, and saying, here is man and woman in my image. It was like, bam, that is what gives us value as people because we are made in the image of God. And that never changes, right? Because it's already been done and he did it and that was creation. And so our value, our intrinsic value that we has as, have as people cannot change, which is good news. <laughs> it's freeing news, right? So in um, the New Testament, our value is reiterated, right? We know that Jesus, it says in the Bible, Jesus came and he died for our sins, Super significant, right? That he would love us and that would sacrifice his life. You don't sacrifice a life for something that isn't valuable, right? And so, but, but the, the thing too is that when Jesus died, he, he um, reaffirmed our value, but our value was way back in creation. Because sometimes when I ask my girls, what gives you value? They're like, Jesus died for me. And I'm like, yes, because you are so valuable. He did die for you. But we're actually valuable because we were made in the image of God. And so that's why he died for us. And that's why he reiterated his love for us, right? So value is inherent, another word, inherent in our design. So it's a little bit small, but I will read it for you. Um, so inherent, it's very similar. It's existing in something as a permanent, essential, or characteristic attribute. Okay, so if we learn that our value does not change and our value is permanent, then no one can take it from us. No one can change it. Um, I don't know about y'all, have you ever had something taken from you, right? I've had things taken from me or something done to me or I've done something that I probably shouldn't have done and it's easy for me to feel guilty about that and I need to reconcile that with the Lord. But the good news is that those things, what's taken from us or what's done to us or what we maybe made the wrong choice, it doesn't change our value because it doesn't change that we were made in the image of God. So with this revelation that I was saying I had, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. What a gift that we have as humans. What freedom does that truth bring to our life, right? In the way that we live and the way that we treat other people, right? So value obligates. So this means um, that Every single person is an image bearer of God. So I don't know if maybe you've heard that term, that we're image bearers of God. 
But I'm a really practical person. I'm like, let's be black and white. Just tell me what you're trying to say and just let's just get straight to it. <laughs> so what this means is if value obligates and every single person is valuable, then wow, when I am at work and, you know, I work in, in a ministry. I'm a missionary from uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission. You guys know YWAM. Um, so I work there, and I'm so honored because I get to work with amazing people who love Jesus, and they're amazing. So I'm so grateful. But, you know, even in that, I'm sure maybe pastor too, even in ministry, sometimes we have to work with people that just are so different from us. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, we just see it so differently. And how you're choosing to say that or do that is not how I would choose to say or do that. And so even then, I have to say, okay, this person is vocalizing their opinion or whatever it is in our meeting. And it's easy for me to just brush that off like she's just different. She doesn't really know. So we're actually just going to do it this way and I just won't tell her, but we'll just do it. But I, in these, even practically in these moments of small conflicts like that and in seeing someone different, I have to say, okay, no, <laughs> this is important to God. She's an image bearer of God. And so even when I don't want to, maybe treat the right way or it's a little bit hard. I'm like, I love Jesus. I love Jesus so much. And so I want to honor him through honoring this person. And so that's why we as Christians, we honor the image of God when we love and when we serve each other. Um, and so, yeah, that has challenged me so much because it really applies to um, to everything that we do, right? At people and relationships and conflict. It's everywhere. It's in our everyday. It's at home, at work, at church, um, no matter what we do. And so I want to just look at a few verses here, um, starting in Psalm. If you have your Bible, you can flip there. It's Psalms, um, let's see, 49 verse 7. Verse 7 and 8, it says, No man can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for him. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough. And so just this concept that value obligates, and there are so many passages in the Bible that talk about our value as people, um, and that's, that's one of them there. Then let's flip over to 1 John. 1 John 4, 19 through 21. Okay, says we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So even this is challenging because I think, okay, I love God. And um, when God commands us, I don't think he's joking around, right? So he's commanding us that to love others is to love God, and to love God is to love others. Um, and then let's just flip over to Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 39. So this is Jesus talking. And he says, love the Lord God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
So as I mentioned, I grew up in, or I mentioned I worked in missions, but I also grew up in missions. So my parents, um, they met in Youth with a Mission, they're YWAMers. And so as a child, I grew up helping them with different things in the ministry. Um, And so when I was really young, when I was four to the age 11, we lived on the border of Mexico. And we had an orphanage in Mexico, and we would go and we would serve and help the kids there and the local community. And so this um, value and valuing people was instilled in me at at a little age. And so I had a relationship with God, and I would just pray, and I would tell God, what's on your heart, and how can I be a part of it? And so fast forward to when I was age 14. And then we moved to East Texas where it's green and there's cows and fields. And so we moved to a 12 hours across the state. So now I live in East Texas and I go to this summer camp for teens. So a bunch of teenagers and we're learning about God and the character of God. And as I'm talking with other young people and and just realizing that this person and this person, and we're all so similar, and and they have some questions about God, and sometimes they doubt, or sometimes they have depression, or they were just, we had this time of of talking and, and just the different things that they struggle with. And at this camp, I realized I have those same questions, or I have similarities like that too. And in that processing, I felt like God spoke to me, and he said, yeah, but you have the answer. What, what answer? He's like, your relationship with me is the answer. And so I want you to share that to all the young people. And it's kind of like I felt really emotional, like I'm crying and I don't know why. You know, when you're 14, you're like, I'm not crying. I'm, I'm fine. So I'm crying and because God's like speaking to me and I'm feeling it and I don't know what's happening. And I just remember feeling overwhelmed by, wow. I know Jesus, I know God, and it has brought so much freedom to my life that hearing these other things from these other young people, I want to say, oh my gosh, I felt that too, or I've been through that too. Let me tell you about Jesus, and let me tell you about what he did in my life. And so I became this really passionate, excited 14-year-old that was like, okay, I'm ready. Where do I go? Who do I talk to? And it was one year later when I was 15 that God brought this opportunity for ministry for me to have a platform to minister to young people and to my generation to tell them about Jesus. Um, and so that's a little bit of, our, of my history um, and, and how Keeps, the ministry that I run, began. Um, and I want to tell you another story of another girl um, this is Lauren, and she, in that very top photo on the left, she's 15, and she's in foster care. She came to Keeps, um, to our, we have summer camps, and she came there, and when she arrived, she had a little bit of, like, shorter hair in some places, and longer hair in other places, and um, so we were, you know, what's wrong, and some hair was missing in some places, And so she shared with us a little bit of her story, and she said that her mom had passed away, and there was no one else in her family, like, suitable to take care of her and her siblings. So she was placed in foster care, and she experienced um, some abuse and some bullying and different things, and her way of coping with that trauma and that stress was she would pull out her hair. And so we talked with her about this, and we introduced her to the Lord, and then Lauren kept coming to our camp and kept coming to our programs for three years. 
and then she was 18. And I remember at one of our camps, we were sitting together at the pool, and we had our feet in, and we were just talking. And she said, is it scary to grow up? I was 17 at the time. And I was like, no, it's not scary. Like, it's great. And just get older. You can drive. You, you know, you get your own money. You just whatever. And she was like, I'm really scared to grow up. And it dawned on me that when you don't have a mom or a dad or um, a loving authority in your life that helps guide you and provides for you, then I would probably be scared of growing up as well. And even though she lived in a group home, which is like an orphanage for foster care, and in her specific one, there's anywhere from like 20 to 30 girls who live there. And she experienced some negative and some bad stuff there. But even that, she almost would rather stay in that than the fear of the unknown of growing up and being like, I don't, she didn't even know how to, how to navigate be, being an adult and being on her own. And so this moment just hit me like, oh my goodness, these girls and these children that grow up this way, they need that guidance and that help to know how to move forward in their life. And so with Lauren, it was cool because we were able to partner with her and help her raise money. And she did some mission schools with Youth with a Mission. So she did a discipleship training school. And then she went on to do a school of evangelism. And, um, and then we, she went to outreach to Haiti and she came back to Keeps to visit, and we were just catching up, and I was like, so how's it going? How is your schools? Like, what's God doing in your life? And she said, well, I was sitting on the dock. We have a little lake on the campus at YWAM. So she's sitting on the dock at the lake, and she said, I was just sitting there, and I felt like God said, jump in. And I'm like, jump in? Like, what? I'm not jumping into the water. No way. Like there's, we have water snakes in Texas and turtles and fish. So she's like, I am not jumping in. And then she heard the voice, just, just run and jump in. Like I'm with you. So she's like, okay. So she gets up on the dock and she's by herself. She just runs to the dock and she just jumps in the water. And she said when she jumped in the water, she just heard God speak to her speak to her in that moment like see I got you I'm with you and I have your hand when you're like jumping into the unknown and she's like so God spoke to me and I heard his voice and she's like and now I realize that I'm a missionary no matter what I do even if I am a teacher or even if I want to go into culinary arts she's like I know that I'm a missionary and I have a message to take to people and I am just crying, weeping my eyes out, thinking this girl who I met when she was 15, who was scared and didn't know how to move forward, is now hearing the voice of God. It's changing her life. And now she's not full of fear, but she is like ready to go because she feels this calling that she's a missionary. And so now she is, she's serving as full-time missionary in Chicago um, with Youth with a Mission, and she lives there with her team. I talked to her yesterday, and she's doing so good, and we are so proud of her. Um, and so this is just one of the stories um, that other picture, it's kind of light there on the right bottom, was last fall, Keeps celebrated our 10-year anniversary. And so we had a little event, and she came, and she shared her story um, with those that were there. And it's just a really cool testimony of God's faithfulness and his love um, and so with that, I do want to tell you a little bit about what we do and why we do it, which um, this is just 
again, kind of small, but just some statistics of foster care in our country. And it is a problem. We have a problem of, of this in, in the U.S. And so um, I think that the enemy really is trying to attack families, and these kids are victims of that. Um, and, and so he's going for their identity, and he's robbing them, and it has a lot of of negative outcomes. Um, and so this just quickly is some of the statistics of former um, youth that were, come from the foster care system. And so it says up there that they are 10 times more likely to commit crimes and five times um, as likely to develop PTSD, um, seven times more likely for drug dependence and two times as likely for alcohol um, dependence. And then um, there was a statistic that 25% of former foster youth were um, homeless in the first four years of aging out of the system. Um, and there's also statistics about just girls who have been trafficked who come out of the foster care system because um, they're just vulnerable and um, get in these situations. And so... Um, it's been my mission through Keeps to befriend these girls and to introduce them to God as a father and really walk them through what does that mean um, and how can it really change their life. And so what we do, like I mentioned here, this is our first ever appointment at our store in 2008. I was 15 in that picture and our first appointment was with these six girls. <laughs> so the three on the left, I still actually keep in contact with. Um, but... We started back in 2008 and have been going ever since then. That's my sister by me. She's, my family has been such a key element of, of this. And so what we do is these are the four things that we do right now. We have our boutique. We have um, girls' night out events, Keefe's camp, and Bible studies. And so the store looks like that. And we have all brand new clothing. And so... Um, donate, clothes are donated to us and all brand new and just nice and it's just nice brands and cute clothes just to affirm their value from the minute they walk in. Just that they deserve new and they deserve the best and so we shop with them like a personalized time and they can look and try on as much as they want and then they each get to, six, to pick six items to keep. Um, and then we just talk with them and talk about what they like and what they don't like and what's going on at school. And every girl, we get to sit and visit and pray with them um, before they leave the store. Another thing that we do is girls' night out events. And so these are a few times a year, and it's just an evening of fun and fellowship and eating and giveaways and all the fun stuff. We'll have like chocolate fountains and um, we've had really formal ones where they were able to dress up in like formal gowns and come. And then we've had super casual ones where we just like make s'mores around a bonfire and it's really, really great. And some really cool ministry times is we just sit and we talk and we relate. And just like I was sitting at the pool with Lauren and they just have questions and one thing leads to another and um, we introduce them to Jesus and it's amazing. Um, and Keeps Camp started in 2011, my senior year of high school. I it actually was the conversation with Lauren um, that really like has kept this going and going and going when God spoke to me, just how outside of the store and outside of the events, like this camp is so good because they actually come and they stay with us for three days. And it just gives us that opportunity to have more one-on-one -on -one time. 
and then we worship with them and sing. And you know, when you're worshiping and you know, they're not all Christians, but they're just singing the words and it's like some, God does something um, in their heart and it's amazing to watch the room transform before your eyes as they're singing these songs about God being a good father and about that, that he loves them. And um, so it's really, really neat to see that. And we take them, we have a lake day and all kinds of fun summer camp stuff. Um, and we've been, actually, we've had 18 summer camps since we started because we do two a summer. Um, so it's been a really amazing time. And then we started doing Bible studies. And like I mentioned, group homes. We have some group homes in our area. And so we just go into these homes and we just talk with them and we just try to explain just in practical, real ways what the Bible says. And they have so many questions. And so this is a great place for them just to feel safe and they can just explore who God is and ask all the questions that they have. And it's real one-on-one. And so it's great to pray for them in their week and during school and just whatever is going on in their life. And so we run these and they've been really awesome a part to, or a way to just stay in touch with the girls on a regular basis. Um, Because in foster care too, they move around a lot. Um, We have one girl, her name is Hannah and she's 15. And she joined care when she was 10 years old. And so she's been in care for five years and she's moved to 22 homes in the five years that she's been in care. And this, that happens for different reasons. Sometimes it's the host homes, sometimes it's the girl and just transitions and the capacity that a county has and all kinds of things. But you can just imagine that that creates so much instability and um, just they come very broken and very unwanted. And so they're looking for the solution and they're looking for the answer to all these things and situations that they've had. Um, And so we are doing something new and exciting at Keeps. And so we um, actually bought a bus. There she is. So I named her Barb. She's Barb the Keeps bus, um, a boutique on wheels. And so um, we bought this bus and are going to renovate it into a mobile store. And the vision with this project is that we want to grow and we want to take Keeps into more places because foster care, it's everywhere in our country. And so we really feel like God is leading and saying that we want to go into new cities and states. And I hope and dream that one day countries, um, and this is just the first step in making that happen. Um, Just going new places, setting up pop-up shops and Immediately, we will just start taking this to group homes. Some of the group homes are unable to travel to us because of how many girls they have. And coordinating the staff, it gets tricky. And so we can just take this, park it outside, and they can come and shop, and we can do special events. And, um, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm learning how to drive it right now. (laughs) And it has been funny. It's like driving a house down the highway. So... Um, Yeah, so baby steps, I'm just lessons every week and trying to figure that out and then um, trying to figure out how you renovate a bus. So I'm always learning something new on that. Um, But that's our newest and most exciting uh, project that we have going on right now. Um, And then I just am so excited for all that is to come and grateful that God has me stewarding this ministry. I know that I'm talking to people here that you guys have giftings and you have callings on your life. And God 
like when I was nine years old, I would take a purse everywhere I went, and I just loved pretty things and fashion and shopping, and I never really thought that God would take those desires and those things that I liked, and he would allow me to use them as a tool to minister to girls and to love them. And so I just think it's so cool that God's so creative and that he's made each of us so unique and in his image, right? (laughs) And so that's what, um, like, he's given you giftings and he's made you unique and you are created in his image and you reflect that in what you do, whatever it is that you are passionate about and that he's given you and whatever that platform is that you're able to use in your workplace or um, you know, in this church to, to love people and to use those passions for God and to advance his kingdom. And so, yeah, I just love that. And I'm so grateful, um, for it and how fun that we all get to participate in that, in what he's called us to do. Um, and so just in closing here, I have a little table at the back and I would love to meet you. I met some of you last night. We got to go bowling. That was fun. You have some good bowlers in your congregation. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to meet you and get to hear who you are. Um, so I'll be around. And these are just some of the areas of moving forward that we are in need of at the moment. And so... I mentioned Barb, the Keeps bus. Um, and so we're, reno- we're raising $20,000 to renovate the inside into a store. And there's also like a monthly partnership opportunity to keep her on the road and the maintenance of the bus. And then um, a program partner is basically everything that we offer to our girls, the camps and the events, it's all free to them. And so I fundraise for the ministry and then we do like sponsorships for the girls to come to camp and the events that we do and all of that. Um, So basically um, people can partner in just picking what portion of that that they wanna sponsor. And then of course our clothing and our boutique. Um, All clothing, any kind, tops, bottom, dresses, accessories is always needed. Um, Our biggest need at the moment is plus sizes. We don't actually have anyone that's partnering with us on a consistent basis with those sizes. And so it is very tricky for us because it limits who we can serve. Um, And even when in within one foster family, if they have a few girls who are small, medium, large, but then a few girls who are plus size, then it's even hard just for that family to come because then it's like not all of them can shop and that's awkward and totally not the message that we want to give. And so that's probably our biggest need right now in denim. And then me, Emily, that's me. Um, And I am, like I said, a self-supported missionary with Youth with a Mission and um, always living by faith and trusting God. He is such a provider and he has proven that to me over and over. I'm always amazed at that. Um, And so, yeah, I just look to him for that and he's always been faithful to me. So um, this is all of my contact information. And again, I'll be here. So if you It's kind of small. I don't know if you can, or if you would snap a picture, but I also have this that I can just hand you in person. So I just want to thank you guys. Thank you for listening and um, for, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Um, I just think that, yeah, that God has so much for each and every one of you and that you're in such a strategic place and that's what sets us apart as Christians is that 
we were made in the image of God. And so we can serve our community and we can serve the people who are helping us at the restaurant or at the grocery store by just the way that we treat them. And they might not even know. I get that all the time with um, at market and stuff. They're like, oh, you're just a saint. Oh, you're just sweet. And I'm like, no, it's because Jesus loves you so much. And that's why we as Christians, that's what sets us apart. And that's why we can value anybody, no matter who it is or what they've done or whatever the situation. And so I just encourage you in that today. And um, yeah, just bless you where you are. And um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Bless you. Before we pray together, I want to just add, uh, you know, we lost one of our missionaries this morning. Uh, he's, he's younger than me, three years younger than me, and uh, he was serving the Lord in Thailand, and uh, God took him away. And while I was taking a shower, I, I was kind of, you know, weeping. I was like, you know, God, why? You know, kind of uh, questioning my mind. And there are missionaries out there who is uh, serving the Lord uh, for our, uh, I, I, I would say, our sake, you know. So we are, I want us to be the partner with, a, you know, like person like Emily. And uh, there's so many missionaries out there. So uh, if God is giving you heart, and uh, maybe uh, even Linda, you know, for, since you are the head of the mission committee. And, uh, you know, God was actually touching me because Emily's young and we're a young church. And... I think there are tremendous potential uh, for each one of us, and especially this church. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure God sent uh, Emily to us today so we can hear the message, especially this last Sunday here in this location. So I just wanted to add that, and, and yeah, thank you. Thank you for your life and the ministry. Yeah, okay, uh, Justin. Can you all bow your head and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, you have called together a people to be the church. May your people be one in faith and discipleship, breaking bread together and telling good news so that the world may believe you are love. Turn to your ways and live in the light of your truth. May the world be held in reverence by all people. May its resources be used wisely. Your son became a refugee and had no place to call his own. Look with mercy on those who today are fleeing from danger, homeless and hungry. Bless those who work to bring relief, Inspire generosity and compassion in all of our hearts and guide the nations of the world toward that day when all will be gathered in safety.